Welcome to another episode of Lunch with the Shark. Join us as we dive deep into discussions about business, accounting, and finance to help you build a business that thrives. Now sit back and have a bite with your host, the Shark CFO, Vidal Espinosa. Hello, hello. Good, good afternoon. How are you guys? It's uh, very nice to see you on this uh, Monday afternoon. It's October. Damn, we only are three way, three days away from middle of the month. You gotta be kidding me. Half of the month, uh, tax returns that are on extension for individuals are due in the United States, October the fifteenth. So whomever has not prepared or done their tax returns, immediately send your documents to your tax accountant, tax advisors, and let them let them uh, help you prepare those taxes that are super, super important. So how was your weekend? Um, my weekend was really, really relaxing. Uh, I actually had a birthday last Saturday. So happy birthday to me. And uh, my brother from Guadalajara was here. We actually celebrated, uh, but we had to celebrate at home because um, we are keeping ourselves quarantined because um, there's a little bit of an issue with a family member. So we have to um, quarantine ourselves and see what's going on with ourselves. I hope we are not um, contagious or we have contracted the virus. And if so, we're doing okay. We're doing well. We are not sick, but we have to take precautions. So I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. It was a really, really, really nice weekend over here in San Diego. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I'm actually wearing one of the gifts that I got. My mom got me this really nice shirt. Thank you. And it's really cool, really cool, uh, really relaxing, uh, making a lot of progress, developing a lot of systems, procedures. Um, so things are going along, things are moving along, are, are, are really, really on a high-speed highway here at the office. And I say here at the office, it's our home office for now. And uh, everything is fine. We are really, really happy about everything that's going on. And uh, we are also, at the same time, really excited for all the plans that our clients have, um, our possible clients uh, are having. So things things are moving along, things are moving along. And uh, we are super excited about the, um, uh, the, the progress that our clients are doing. Uh, we are really uh, happy about uh, whatever our clients are moving forward. We have been seeing the, the numbers and damn, we're gonna have to do some major tax planning for the majority of our clients because their revenue increased and at the same time their profit increased. So, it's been good. It's been good. Actually, also, I got in the mail my official election ballot. I am actually going to be analyzing and reviewing my ballot. Let me see. Let me open it in front of you guys. And I'll show you the ballots like here in the how they are in the US if you're seeing from another country. Look, this is this is the uh, information, like uh, the instructions on how to vote. 
And then here's the, the electoral ballot that I tear this piece off when I, um, when I finish voting. And if anybody wants to see, let's see who's the um, president and vice president. So if anybody wants to hear, see this here, this is a historical ballot because there's a lot of there's there's a lot of stake. There's a lot of stakes in this ballot, mostly primarily on the top portion. Uh, I I don't see any any repercussions or voting for whomever when it comes to my state or city or or school or anything in regards to that. Um, there's a lot of uh, propositions in the ballot for California. And most of them, some of them are to increase taxes, which is very interesting because those propositions, if they pass, they go to the courts. And the majority of them stay in the court or get thrown out, and then they put it back in again in the ballot. Now, if those propositions go through and the state of California charges us more taxes and they say that it's going to be for this, down the line, a year later, they'll pretty much pass a, a resolution in the state Senate or the state court, uh, state uh, um, uh, house saying, oh, you know what? We're not going to apply those taxes to this. We're going to apply it to this. And like they screwed up, like with the additional taxes for roads and infrastructure. They're not going to the roads because uh, they needed it somewhere else. So Jesus Christ. Jeffrey Redondo is saying vote. Yes, vote. Vote for whomever you want. Vote. Look, this is the um, the envelope to where we're going to send my the ballots. Uh, you don't need postage. It's prepaid. It doesn't take a long. If you don't know or if you're not aware uh, for what propositions stand for, the the explanation on the electoral, on the ballot, it's very, very um, reduced. So I recommend you going and researching those propositions because they actually ultimately do affect you a lot. Like the, I, I, there's a proposition here that they want to increase property taxes on commercial real estate based on, not on their commercial value, but on the price that they're sold. That's how houses are taxed in California. Like if you buy a house for $900,000 and the previous owner bought it for $700,000, the previous owner is paying property taxes on a $700,000 uh, tax bill. Now, if you buy it for $900,000, that immediately it's adjusted to $900,000. There's, there's procedures that you can go and have it reappraised for tax values and uh, they can adjust it down or up. So it depends. And they want to do the same thing for the properties, for real estate uh, uh, or commercial properties, which in turn going to most renters, uh, the landlords transfer bill to the renter. So this is going to affect commerce. This is going to affect offices. So in turn, it's going to affect the consumer. So you have to be very aware of that. Um, there's a lot of commercials on TV and in favor and against 
most propositions, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve propositions in this ballot. And this is an interim uh, tax um, electoral ballot. And since we are in Chula Vista, we're voting for Chula Vista, not in the San Diego count, uh, uh, city. Uh, I know that the San Diego city is also having uh, a major uh, elections for a major. Uh, we have a U.S. representative for us. Uh, we have a, a state assembly member and uh, we have a judge. We have a school board person. Uh, one, two, three school board, four school board persons. You board for you vote for the school people here, and then we have a county supervisor, which is in the uh, San Diego County Board of uh, County, and then uh, city city council member as well. So I'm going to actually uh, review my ballot, analyze it. Um, there's two, four, six. Believe it or not, there's actually six candidates to the presidency of the United States. Joe uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Gloria Larriva, Rocky de la Fuente Guerra, Howie Hawkins, and Joe Jorgensen. I have no idea who they are other than the two primary candidates, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And uh, all the others, I have no idea who they are. They're liberal, blah, 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 blah. And there's actually a space also that you can write whomever you want to vote for. So please, 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 if you are a US citizen, if you are allowed to vote, go ahead and vote, people. Please, please vote. This is a historical election. Every, every election, it's historical. But nevertheless, this one, it's one for the books. This one, it's a humongous, um, uh, election. This is going to define a lot of things for the United States. I'm going to omit my opinion to who am I going to vote for. Uh, people who know me know who I'm going to vote for. And uh, I'm going to analyze all the other propositions and make sure that I vote against higher taxes because it's not fair how we are being taxed in the state of California. It's not it's not right. And it's not right how they are applying and doing the a portion of the taxes that they say that they're going to go to a fund and they in turn go to the general fund and they just screw us over. But on another note, let's go and hop into our topic for the week. Guess what? This week we are going to cover Entrepreneurs, shit, entrepreneurs. Who are they? What are they? What do they do? How do they do them? <laughs> James C.S. JoJo 2020. Let's avoid any political um, uh, comments, but you know what? MAGA all the way. I told to vote uh, down all tax proposition and extensions. Yes, Hernan, I'm with you. Higher taxes are not the solution. We need to balance federal and state budget. We need to invest. We need to, uh, there's a lot of things. So, but 
No taxes, please. No hike on taxes. This is the worst that they can do right now. The economy is not in the right position to taxes. Don't. And you know what? This is going to be very interesting because next week, and Jesus, please take notes. We're going to analyze one by one Joe Biden's versus Donald Trump's tax reform proposal. They are humongously, humongously different. And nevertheless, some people say that Republicans tend to benefit wealthy people and Democrats tend to, to benefit the general population. Whomever does taxes, they'll tell you that that's not quite true, okay? Wealthy individuals have tax consultants, tax advisors that will tell you which taxes, regulations, credit benefits you can utilize and apply compared to anyone in, uh, in the general population that we tend to utilize a prepackaged software or somebody that is just writing in data into a tax form. Okay, beware. That's totally different. Okay, and there's wealthy individuals on both sides of the aisle. Okay, there's wealthy individuals on the Republican Party, and there's wealthy individuals on the Democratic Party, and there's wealthy individuals that are undecided. And all of them, let me tell you, all of them, the 500 top entrepreneurs based Forbes, I can tell you, they use one way or the other on tax planning and tax strategy. Let me tell you that, okay? It's not that they, because they're Democrat, they don't use any tax strategy. Or because they're Republicans, they use every single tax strategy. It doesn't work like that. Trust me, okay? In order to be on that list of the top 500 entrepreneurs, let's first define the what's entrepreneurial, how are we an entrepreneurial, because is entrepreneurship a trend or is it really, really a thing, right? So let me, let me know if this sounds familiar. You have communicated the new procedure. Explain the steps and it still isn't done right, okay? You could tear your hair out because this is costing you time and money ranting and ranting, getting mad and frustrated, or just doing it yourself are all inefficient. Procedures in place are so complicated for entrepreneurs. So why don't people follow procedures? Why don't we follow a process? Why do we tend to complicate things? There are three questions to ask if your team members not following procedures. So today, before we define entrepreneurship, we want to start by simplifying the process of being or the procedures of being an entrepreneur. And in the old, one of the, no, let me rephrase that. The only way you're going to grow your company, your business, if you systematize and create procedures all the way. Why? What's the success of McDonald's? 
What's the success of Walmart? What's the success of Walt Disney World? What's the success of a Hilton hotels all over the world? What's the success of Starbucks? The success of them is that all of them have systems and procedures in place that everybody from the top down follow through the word. They do not question them. They do not change them. They do not bury them. They do not go and fall off that script. Every time you walk into a McDonald's, it might not seem identical, but it has the same feel. As soon as you walk into that counter, welcome to McDonald's, how can I help you? As soon as you place the order, would you like to add an apple pie or a sundae to your order? They upsell you. The way they present the tray, if you eat there, it's the same way they present it every single restaurant that they own. There's a way that they present the bag through the drive-thru is the same double fold with the arches facing your face. The french fries taste the same. Subway, they do the same. As soon as you walk into any Subway, the feel is the same. Their system to placing their, uh, the, the, the buns, the meats, the, the vegetables, the, everything is identical. And there's a reason they follow procedures and systems because they're growing and not because they're a franchise. McDonald's, uh, Starbucks is not a franchise. Walmart is not a franchise. Walt Disney World is not a franchise or Walt Disney Corporation is not a franchise. But if you just think and analyze, James Syed, eliminating variability is one of the goals for my agency. That's great because you're trying to systematize everything and you are setting yourself for success. And that's what we all have to do, set ourselves for success. And I'm going to tell you an example. And this is a true story, true, true story. In one of our masterminds last year that we had, um, someone, uh, uh, someone that we consult for uh, was there with us. We have the same uh, uh, consultant, same uh, coach. And the coach actually told them, you know what? In order for your company to grow, you need to generate systems, procedures, but you, the owner, have to be outside. You, the owner, must not be part of those systems and procedures. I don't mean create you must not be involved inside them. So a couple of weeks later, we, we met with them in San Diego and we went over their numbers and we were planning about their cash flow and cash budget and things like that. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You know what? I, I, I can't look anything into that because right now we are in systems and procedures mode and we're writing them. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you were at that mastermind with us. I said, yes. Well, they told us that we had to write all the systems and procedures. So we're going through. And I said, well, the systems and procedures for any company must be done as we deliver process and go through 
anything that we want to systematize and create a procedure for. It's not like I'm going to suspend activities, plain blank, stop services to my clients, stop selling, stop getting new clients so I can write procedures, then test them, and then roll them out. You can't do that. Life goes on. You have an ongoing business. It's actually one of the principles for accounting, an ongoing business. So we cannot stop everything dry. We cannot stop dry and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to write the procedures and systems so I can't be bothered and I cannot continue my business until I finish them. No, that's not how it works. So there are three questions, like I said, team members not follow procedures. The first one is, am I the problem? Maybe you have not clearly defined the process. Why it is important or have taught them correctly. Everyone learns differently, so you need to make sure you give multiple to teach the new process. You need to lead by example and make sure you are follow the process to expect for your teams to follow them. Plain and simple. Clarity. Do not assume. Clarity. Do not assume. Go step by step, okay, on each procedure with all your team members. Not because you wrote them, not because you know your business inside out, you're going to cut corners while you're teaching your team members. You might be the problem because you're trying to do everything so fast that you avoid or omit certain steps that are going to clearly confuse your team members. When you're teaching them, never assume that they know what's following, what was previous, don't assume that they know the definitions or terms. If we are in the accounting industry, tax industry, never, never assume that they know the terms, okay? They might know them. They must know them if they're doing taxes or accounting. That's why you hire them. But never assume, okay? Never assume that they know the client that they're working on. Always give them the full story. Give them uh, 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 the previous the prelude to why you're there, why they are there in that point in time for that procedure with a client, okay? So be very, 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 very thorough when, it, when you're explaining or uh, also preparing the procedure and the systems, please. Is the process itself the problem? Many times we create a process for our team members to follow and it actually creates more work for them than just doing the task itself. Make sure that the process creates more efficiency or accuracy for your company to ensure that the process is followed. Another reason the process may be the problem is that execution is problematic. For example, a checklist should be an easy location that everyone has access to. This will reduce the friction on apply, applying the procedures. I actually and I don't implement this in Invictus because sometimes I tend to, not sometimes, I have an issue of uh, micromanaging. I have an issue of micromanaging myself. I have an issue of um, um, trying to control everything. And it's, and, it's, and it's a problem that I've been working on, right? So 
the best thing that you can do when you're writing or rewriting or rolling out a procedure is, first of all, go through the procedure as not as if you were going to do it, but as somebody that it's not part of your company, it's going to do it. Why? It simplifies it. It's make it, it makes it easier. It makes it less complicated, less jargonish. So for instance, McDonald's procedures to build a Big Mac are seven to eight steps and they have pictures. So if you were to grab, if you were to grab McDonald's uh, procedure to build a Big Mac and you are never, have never cooked at a McDonald's commercial kitchen inside a restaurant, you would be able to do it. Their procedures are done not for cooks, not for chefs, because they don't hire chefs at their stores. They don't hire chefs to be in the line to prepare their food to be delivered to their customers. They don't. It's just regular people that want to work at McDonald's and, hey, we have openings in the kitchen. Go ahead. Plain. There. Right? So their procedures are so simple that anybody can follow it. Also have current team members write procedures for opposite uh, uh, jobs or tasks that they have. Because what they're going to do is they're going to try to simplify. Then transfer them to whomever is going to implement them and have them review it and tell you, give you feedback as to what they think we should add or subtract to simplify. Procedures that are overcomplicated tend to fail. Are my team members the problem? You don't need to be told that people are complex and have their own personal reasons for thinking not going, uh, for things not going right. A conversation should be done with the employee to find out what is bothering them uh, will usually help solve the issue. After that, they need to be reminded that things are different and they have to stop telling themselves the old story. This is true story that happens that happened to me in my restaurants. Every Friday, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, my restaurants were packed to the bone. Okay. So the front of the house had to be prepared. Obviously, front of the house had more wait staff Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays, as every restaurant that it's packed and, and, and busy on the weekends. But nevertheless, the day-to-day -day staff, wait staff, always complained that we had a certain way of setting up the tables. We had a certain way of serving uh, desserts. We had a certain way of like, there. we had different procedures that were a little bit complicated when the restaurant was packed because they were time consuming. Nevertheless, we were on the experience business. We were delivering an experience to the guests. So everything had to be according and not cut corners. Like if every if they were to visit the restaurant on a Tuesday when it was sort of slow compared to a Friday when it was busy, they were going to receive the same type of service because we aimed to have a very Hispanic service-liked minded 
in the US uh, because let's be frank, the service in the US, it's less attentive than a service in Mexico when you go to a restaurant. They're always there, super attentive. They are trying to see what is it that you need. Like uh, if, if you just turn around like, yes, how can I help you? Uh, your plate, your napkin, like super attentive, right? So that was our aim. And even though some of them were like, oh, it's, this is going to be too complicated, blah, 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 blah. What we were to do is like before we were to meet with the, with a, with the wait staff and say, hey, you know what? It's Friday. We're going to have this special, this blah, 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 blah. And remember, it's packed and your tips are going to be great if you deliver the service as you've done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays and Sundays. And they were like, oh, yes, yes. So change of mind. They had all stories. They had all habits. So no cutting corners. They It was not possible. They had to deliver the same service. We had three restaurants under the same name. So we had to deliver the same service. We were to prepare our desserts in the US and bring them into Mexico because we wanted it to have the same taste and or vice versa. We had to prepare certain things in Mexico that we exported into the US for the restaurants and, and they tasted the same. We had to control the quality. So no cutting corners. Here are some ways to implement new processes at work. Make the process a strategic initiative. If it's not a strategic priority, the process will always be on the back burner in favor of immediate revenue generating activities. That's what I meant. When you are creating these processes, you're going to have to be delivering to your clients and getting new clients because what if it takes you three months to drive, uh, write those processes? Are you going to be dry with leads for three months? So what are you going to feed for the next three months? Remember, three months of not generating leads means three more months of not selling. Okay, so make it a strategic initiative. Get everybody involved at every single department. Create a rollout plan that addresses changes develop a plan on how to roll out the new process which includes training team member acknowledgments and rewarding successful people that are doing the new process correctly rewards are amazing way to implement procedures and systems to be followed period accountability it's also very important, but accountability starts from the top. If you're the CEO and you are in the line one day, let's say that the general manager of the McDonald's store uh, steps in front of the line and starts taking orders. They have to follow the same procedure as the cashiers in front. There's a lot of corporations that send uh, mystery shoppers to validate that they're following procedures. Do that in your business. It's not, it's, not, it's not super complicated. If you own a restaurant, call, your, call a friend of yours that nobody at the restaurant knows, invite a couple of guests, and ask them that in return for that meal, to take notes, 
to give you feedback. You can ask them or show them the procedure and see if your wait staff or your kitchen or whomever they are analyzing, it's following that procedure. Your, your, your team members will never know that he is or she is a mystery shopper and they're, they're, they're being tested. That's a super inexpensive way for you to validate that your systems and procedures, first of all, are being implemented and are in place. And second, that they, they work because obviously somebody that's getting a free meal, it's going to tell you the truth because they might want to be utilized again for that. There's also uh, services online that you can hire mystery shoppers. They'll charge you a fee. Uh, they'll, they'll ask for the reimbursement of their meal if you're a restaurant or they'll ask you for the reimbursement of the product. And, and that's that. So there's very simple ways for you to validate uh, if they are rolling out the procedures and the systems in your business and you can reward them. Also, if there's a reward, there has to be a punishment or penalty for not implementing them. If they don't want to implement those procedures in your business, there's something wrong with that team member. Either they just don't want to be there or you have not fully explained that procedure to them and the importance of having that procedure in place. Getting the right people onboarded. If you're not factoring people into how you're gonna roll out new procedures, you're missing a critical component to implementing new processes at work. People that are positive and are okay with change will be very useful during this time. That's why you have to involve your whole company when it comes to rolling out procedures and systems in their area and other areas. It's a very vital part of your company's growth to fully, fully have your team understand the rolling out of the procedures. Change can be hard for most people, but the best way to manage it is with patience and understanding. Set a clear time frame from when you're going to start writing the procedures, when are they going to be tested, rolled out, fully implemented. And don't, don't go back in your word as to if it's October 31st, it's October 31st, where the rains are chimed, it does not matter. Because if you roll it, if you call it out and say, oh, it's going to be October 31st and it doesn't happen, and then you say, oh, it's not going to be November 15th. And if it doesn't happen, next time, guess what? They don't, they don't trust you. They, they, oh, it's going to be November 30th. And it's never going to happen. You know what's going to happen when it's rolled out? They're going to be like, really? Are they going to punish me? Are they going to fire me? Hells no, they're not going to fire me. So don't lose credibility. A stick to a date and make it happen. I'm going to tell you. Rolling out systems and procedures are one of the most amazing ways, or if not, one of the best ways for you to step back as the operator and truly become the entrepreneur that you want to be. Okay, step back from the operator and become the true entrepreneur CEO that you want to be. 
next venture that you develop, the first thing you're going to develop after your business model, your product services that you're going to deliver are going to be the processes and the systems and the procedures to implement in your business for growth. I can assure you that. We provide additional content on Twitter separate from any other social media platform, just like Donald Trump. Here is how you can follow us on Twitter. Jesus, take the video, please. In the upper right-hand corner, you will see a search box. Enter Invictus Advisors and select it. Select the follow button to get all of our content. Just make sure that you follow us. Also, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, I just told you Twitter. Uh, YouTube, um, our webpage. So it's fun. We have different uh, different posts, different different uh, content at each of the social media, and uh, you're gonna enjoy it. Really, uh, it's informational. We give a lot of nuggets. And to finish today's lunch with a shark, I'm gonna quote uh, Guy Kiyosaki which is the author of Rich That, Poor That. And he said, ideas are easy. Implementation, it's hard. Well, it's been great seeing you today. I hope you've had an amazing Monday and I hope you have an amazing, wonderful, productive, full of growth generation and revenue and profit most of it for this week. Bon appetit, ciao. Thank you for listening to Lunch with the Shark. If you would like to set up a consultation with the Shark CFO, Vidal Espinosa, visit his website www.invictus-advisors.com and don't forget to subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn.